This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, and I want to welcome you to the Warning Program. Wherever you're watching or listening throughout the United States or around the world, welcome. I have in the studio today with me Reverend Dave Welch. He's the president of the United States Pastor Council. Pastor Welch, welcome to the Warning Program. It is great to be with you, Dr. Hansen. Well, I just came from a pastor's luncheon and listened to you and my associate, who's been with me 25 years. Actually, E.J., Dr. Buckhart, also used to be an airline pilot. I don't know if he told you that. He, yeah, he did. flew these jumbo jets around the world for 32 years with Northwest Airlines, but he was highly impressed with you talking to you and then as I listened to you. So I, I knew that you understand exactly the situation, the importance of the involvement of the church, and you're doing what you can to get pastors involved. Dave, again, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how God led you into this ministry and, and what what's the purpose? What's the goals? Well, I was born and raised in western Washington state in a logging home and family and community. And really, in my plans originally were to going to law enforcement. That's okay. all I ever wanted to do. Sure. But God got a hold of my life early on and kind of redirected. But I also had a passion for justice, passion for our country, and a love of our Constitution. And then God added to that and grounded that in the love of Christ and realizing it along the way that our citizenship was a part of our functional ministry as a believer, our role of duty here. And that's what really pushed me in the direction of engaging the church on that level. Well, you know, I heard you at the pastor's luncheon telling about you wanted to be in the state patrol, and I thought, you know, this guy would have made a good law enforcement officer. <laughs> but you're in a much more important endeavor right now to try to save America, understanding that it, it takes the church and it takes the pastor behind the pulpit. I give you all credit for that, and uh, I, I'm glad that you're understanding the importance of the involvement of the pastor, the church. And so you, you made a comment. Who was, you know, your first allegiance to, so to speak? We weren't born Christians, but we were born, if you were born in America, a citizen of the United States of America. That's right. With those responsibilities. So, Dave, go ahead, share. Well, it's a simple reality that in this country, and of course, this is an issue today, even a birth, what we call birthright citizenship, uh, that is a concept that's even maybe been a stretched and abused a little bit. But we're born in this country. You're born an American citizen. Yes. And so when you become the age of majority, we call it at the age of 18, then you're handed the, the responsibility and duty to vote as part of our role as a citizen in a country where we self-govern. Okay. 
And because of that, then the only choice is is how we exercise that or whether we exercise that. And as the follower of Christ, we are often told, well, that's not part of the church. We don't do those things here. But it really frustrated me early on in my walk because I couldn't understand. How can we bifurcate that? Uh, I can say, well, I'm an I'm American citizen, but Jesus doesn't care about that part. And so that's where the, this distinction and the whole concept of the disengaged church and the separation in whatever form we call it as, has pushed the church to the sidelines and abdicated our role and our voice of our own government that God created for a specific purpose. And that is what then led us to realize, look, if the pastors don't have this as part of their ministry priorities in a church, and not the only portfolio, but one of those, then it's simply not going to happen. And that's why we focus on pastors. I totally agree with you. I think it's total irresponsibility. I mean, we're supposed to make disciples of all nations. Make disciples. Jesus ascended. He told us to go tarry Mm -hmm. and wait for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you and go represent me. Occupy, take dominion, rule and reign. You know, I've always thought it was ludicrous to think that you can keep ministry out of politics. How can you do that if we're supposed to make disciples occupy, rule, and reign? I mean, I'm reading your pamphlet. It's ministry, not politics. Dave? Well, look, Romans 13, if we really dive into it, makes it very clear. It says we are to be in subjection to the authorities, and those authorities are ordained by God. There you go. Now, we know that Scripture, if properly applied, doesn't apply to one specific form of government or leader. It's a universal principle of all times. So it's canonicity. So what that means is that governing authority was ordained by God. Immediately following there, it says, because it's a minister of God for your good. God said it's a minister of God. The word there is diakonos, the same word we use for deacon, servant, right? And that means minister. So the whole framework of that particular passage, which is just one linkage that goes clear back to Genesis of this one simple concept, that governing authority belongs to God, all authority belongs to him, as the Great Commission asserts that all authority in heaven and on earth belong to Christ, but that our role as governing of this earth and part of our stewardship is a direct result of the fall. And when we go back to Genesis, the Genesis account, and, you know, Dr. Hanson, think about this for a minute. We really get frustrated. We look around our world today, and we look at our nation, and we, we see how things have declined in so many ways in the last number of years. But think of how bad it had to be for God to look at what he had just previously said, this is good, and said, I'm sorry I did this. I'm going to wipe it all out. And then annihilated all of this creation that he had put in place but saved this one righteous man to start over. But what Genesis 9-6 reminds us, and God's charge to Noah when he restarted all this, was that sin hadn't gone away. The sin that produced all the fruits of the evil that he had just wiped out were still in the hearts of Noah and his family, was going to produce the fruits of murder, mayhem, and chaos. But when never man sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed, because he's made in the image of God. There you go. God authorized the death penalty for the taking of human life because that was a direct assault on the image of God. There begins the path of earthly governing. Well, there you go. Again, dictators like to use Roman 13. But if you break it down, all authority was under a higher authority. That's right. 
And so that higher authority is God. And in America, we're supposed to make government accountable to God. And so if you really understand it, we have a very important responsibility as the church not to allow a government to become God and change God's moral laws. We're supposed to be actively involved. We're supposed to make disciples. And, and so I totally agree with you. It's ministry, not politics. But people like to say, you know, stay out of politics. Well, I don't know how you do it if you're going to make disciples of all nations. You know, no matter how much we pray, Jesus isn't coming out of heaven to make your government Christian. Uh, he'll watch you die. And he does all over the world. Christians are being slaughtered by evil governments. Jesus comes out at the Battle of Armageddon, removes evil governments, puts in righteous leaders. Right now, it's our time if we want a righteous nation. It's our time if you want to protect Christians from being slaughtered. It's our time. Pray for yourself that you can do the will of God. Dave? Well, what we really have to go back to is the fundamentals and the basics. Number one is, what is the battle of all the ages? And that begins before the beginning when there was a fall from heaven. There you go. When Lucifer was cast out like lightning. And what the battle there was what? He wanted the authority and the throne of God. And he's never let up on that. So what he was given was domain jurisdiction here on this earth yes, because yes. of the fall. God gave Adam all authority to, to be a steward. And because Adam abdicated that authority by yielding it to Satan, and we are now in this struggle. But the, but that doesn't change the reality of the source of all the, all authority. Uh, so from the very beginning, this is the war. This is the battle. And on this earth, we're charged with restraining that sin. Good. We're charged with being the creator's agents Good. to do this, do this well. But so on through the ages, through scripture, after the birth of the nation of Israel, the Abrahamic covenants, the Mosaic laws, uh, God's weaving and building this foundation, not only for the redemptive plan of Christ, but also in the midst of this, to provide a restraining nature for us to protect the innocent from the works of evil. And that's where, where the, the rules of our laws in this country come from, and right out of Exodus. You're right. You're right. I'm looking again at your book, again, It's Ministry, Not Politics, Loving Our Neighbor to Being a Good Citizenship, once again, by Reverend Day Welch. President of the United States Pastor Council. If you've just tuned in, you're watching or listening to the warning program. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, President of World Ministries International, as well as Eagles Saving Nations. And once again, Reverend Dave Welch, President of the United States Pastor Council, is my guest. You know, I look at this, it says citizenship is ministry. Dave? Think about it in these terms. The exercise of authority, if it's a minister of God for good, is followed immediately in Romans 13 by it says it's also a minister of wrath. There you go. And it's an avenger. How can it be both? But ultimately, the reason is because God loves people. This is what this is ultimately all about. If I have authority, and I can use that authority to protect my neighbor, and I abdicate that authority and give it to the enemy, and the enemy destroys my neighbor or harms my neighbor, is that loving my neighbor? The truth is, no, it's not. That's right. So by not participating in the government that, that we're vested with, and in this country, 
uh, it's a real simple trail because in ancient God, self-government is God's idea. That's the way this all started. God and his people speaking directly through the prophets, the judges. We had earthly civil authority through those judges, and we had the, the tribes of Israel self-governing. But they gave it away. Remember in First Samuel 8, said, we want a king. Well, forever after that, for a millennia, that authority that was only belonged to God was given to a man. And those kings, as we well know, abused that authority because no man should ever have all that authority. That's right. As Isaiah says, God the judge, God the lawgiver, and God the king. Only God can be all three. But in this country, our founding fathers, in their, in their wisdom and their understanding of history, separated once again and unkinged the king. And one of the battle cry of the American Revolution, no king but King Jesus. Amen. Samuel Adams said in the signing of the declaration, he said, this day we've restored the sovereign. So once again, it was God, people. But people, we give that authority from God to others that we choose through elections to exercise that authority to make just laws and enforce those just laws to protect the life, the property, and the freedom of the innocent. When we hand the authority to the enemy by not participating we're not showing up. And authority is an intangible, but it's a tangible consequence. So this isn't about politics, about, oh, who's in power, who's, is in, who's in the majority, what laws can we get passed? This is a simple act of ministerial duty that God has entrusted to us to use that authority to protect our neighbors, to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. That's what this is all about, not the, the battle for Republican, Democrat, right and left. Very well said. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, if you've just tuned in, this is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, the president of World Ministry International, as well as Eagle Saving Nations. I have with me the United States Pastor Council President, Reverend Dave Welch. Now, Dave, I look in your book, page four, you have, what is a minister, question mark? Well, when we think of ministers, and I, one of the phrases that, frankly, has been one of my longtime irritations, I think we're allowed to have those, you know, but is when people say, I was called to the ministry, or so-and-so was called to the ministry. Now, when you hear that, what, what comes to your mind? Okay, most of us are oriented to think, oh, they're going to be a pastor, mm-hmm. or they're going to be a missionary, right? Or, well, that essentially then assumes all the rest of us who aren't pastors or people that aren't pastors, aren't missionaries, aren't in the ministry, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you have been purchased from death by the blood of Christ and set free from that, you are in the ministry. You are Amen. now one of his ministers. So what that essentially means in, is that in general, across the spectrum, we're all in the ministry. Totally. But number two, in the specific area, again, of civil government, the purpose of that authority is to minister, is to be a servant. And we talk about civil servants, public servants. But what that means is, and I had a pastor who wrote us a letter one time that I used to open our manual that we use for our Institute of American Christian Citizenship. And he said, our charge is to build biblically sound believers, not to force secular institutions like the city hall to accept biblical values. Wow. Now, that sounds very spiritual, mm-hmm. except it's biblically dead wrong. <laughs> and because here's the issue. No, we cannot and should not attempt to force our beliefs and our values on another person. God didn't doesn't do that. It's it's an you know act of His sovereign grace, but our acceptance of Him. But this isn't about that. This is about the fact that what happens at City Hall is still under God's authority. 
And that means that an unbeliever who is sitting in an office of mayor violating God's laws is still accountable to him. Totally. And that authority is still a servant of God to the people. It's just being abused. But ultimately, the ones responsible for that abuse are we the people. I wrote a book called The Science of Judgment. It be used in over 200 Bible colleges. The Science of Judgment goes into the rise and fall of nations, <clears throat> goes into the different moral laws of God. And what happens when we break those moral laws of God, not only to hold an individual responsible, but the nation that condones it, mm. that passes it into, into law. Yes. God judges that nation, too. We need to understand these things. Like before 1973, homosexuality was a crime. You arrested people for it. Now, they've changed it and call it an alternate lifestyle. But God still holds the nation accountable that makes it acceptable and passes it into law, like abortion. It can be legally acceptable where we used to arrest you for murder. God will hold that nation accountable and eventually judge that nation. These things we must understand. This nation was under Judeo-Christian values. That's what made it great. You remember 11 out of the original 13 colonies, if you wanted to run for office, to be a politician, you had to say Jesus Christ was your Lord, your Savior, and your God. The American Revolution, who led it? Pastors took off their robes. The Black Robe Brigade became the officers and fought for our freedom, again, under God, breaking away from a, a king who represented, again, his own type of God in Britain. So we are heavily, 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 mm -hmm. we're supposed to be heavily involved. And if we've negated that responsibility, that's the reason why America is in trouble. Dave? Well, there's there's no other source of truth. If we truly believe, for those of us who believe that the Bible is the Word of God, for those of us who believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, come to earth, uh, born of a virgin, uh, lived a sinless life, died at the cross, rose again, if those who believe that assume certain basic fundamental things, and that is that there's only one source of redemption, there's only one source of truth. There you go. If you cut off that redemption and you cut off that truth, from the very places where the darkness is using that authority to steal, kill, and destroy, what hope is there? There is no other place. No Look, other place. It's not going to come from the Republican Party. That's it's right. not going to come from conservatives, That's right. organizations. Uh, it's only from one place. So it's a real simple question. Is it, the redemptive role of the re rebirth of an individual is the same authority, the same power, the same transformation that is needed in City Hall. It can only come if believers carry it there. Well, you're exactly right. We need to show the, the love of God to all people. Like we said at the pastor's conference today or luncheon, that, uh, you know, whatever, people are broken, people are hurting. There's all types of sin, but we still need to show the love of God. That doesn't mean mm -hmm. we don't preach the truth. We do. Truth brings conviction. That's right. Prayer, and, and we need to speak the truth in love. They know if you love them. A child knows if you love them. Or if you're abusing them when you correct them. They know that. And so so do people. They know if you love them. And uh, we've seen all sorts of people in religions come to the Lord. All sorts of people. All types of sin they've come out mm -hmm. of. Because they know you love them. So you can speak the truth in love, but continue to hold the truth of Jesus Christ. Dave? That's exactly right. And we, we were challenged as pastors when we took on the mayor of Houston on what's called the SOGI Ordinance, Sexual Orientation Gender Identity Ordinance, back in 2014. Uh, a lot of, you know, even other pastors 
uh, were uncomfortable and some outright opposed the act of stepping up to the mayor of Houston and saying, no, you can't criminalize Christianity. Uh, You can't pass a law that says it's okay for biological males to use women's restrooms. You can't punish Christian business owners for not doing a wedding that violates their core principles. And there there were those that accused us of harming the gospel by standing again for God's truth. When it's, of course, exactly the opposite. There you go. When the truth is, there, the, the the nature of the gospel itself is hope. Amen. And if we cut off the only source of hope by telling truth, that is the the way to deliver people who don't know they're trapped in that sin from it and bring the word of God to it, then we're simply acting selfishly for our own self-protection because we don't want the consequences of their uh, opposition. And then the truth of the matter is too many churches and too many pastors are selfishly afraid. They're not they don't love people. Yeah. They're they're fooling themselves into that. But but love means we sacrifice and we tell the truth even when it harms us, when it puts us in jeopardy, because that's the only hope they have. And by confronting sin and confronting evil, uh, number one, that's showing the love of God brought to the people we're called to love and serve. Now well said. Again, to know the truth, the truth will set you free. They won't come out of it without the truth. The gospel has to be presented in love, but it has to be presented. And if they sense that. They sense if you care. And we have to stand up for our convictions. It's the convictions that keep us free and keep a nation from being judged by God himself. And so we have that responsibility to make disciples of all nations. We have to represent Christ to the nations. And uh, that is a mandate of the church is to move in love but speak the truth. And I totally agree with you. It's not a matter that they love. They Oh, I love them so much I can't speak the truth. No. Your relationship with God is so weak you don't speak the truth. You're trying to defend yourself, self-preservation. Your pride is stronger than your love of God. Dave? We were asked a number of times, why would pastors do this? Uh, stand up and speak out on issues publicly in different realms in the policy realm and and as uh, I prayed about how to, Lord, how do we, how, what's a simple answer to that question? It really does come down to a very simple truth. We are called to follow the two greatest commandments. But the first greatest commandment is to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. It's not to love people first. Right. right. And, and how many times have you heard this scripture misused? Well, they will know us by our love. And they put a period after that. Well, that's not what scripture says. So they'll know us by our love for one another. Yes, they, yes, 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 it, they, yes. It is the love of the body of Christ for the body of Christ and our ministering to one another that is the light into the darkness. And when we love without truth, what that says to the lost world is you don't really believe what you believe because if you won't stand for it and you won't speak it for, in a way that I don't want to hear it, then what you're standing for isn't something I even I even want to bother with. No, you're exactly right, Dave. I, re- I remember, like I said, one of my people on my staff now since 1998 used to be a Buddhist uh, medical uh, dentist. And uh, uh, when when he became a Christian, it's because he watched uh, the real life of, of, of using the power of God to set people free, opened his eyes, cast demons out of him. But he went back to all of his Christian friends that came to his dentist for treatment by him and he was upset he said why didn't you tell me about jesus you sat in my chair for 10 years and you never once told me Hmm. think about that dave 
Think about that. Yeah. And what if what if his life would have ended during that time? That's why he was upset. Yeah. You know this Jesus and you never told me. Right. Wow. Well, and, and see, that really the essence. Why do we get involved in the act of governance and public policy and all this? It's because we are compelled to share the gospel of truth in every arena of our lives that we're to be a reflection of him. And when, and, and there, but I'll tell you something. If you want to find a place of there's a dark mission field, go down to the state capitol. <laughs> I have. Okay. <laughs> go to City Hall. Okay. Yeah. There's, there's plenty of darkness there. And, and those who have spiritual discernment, you can feel that darkness. The battle's raging there. Yeah, totally. And so the issue is the gospel of truth that can bring hope to the hurting and, and, and uh, healing to the broken is starting with the very premise that there is absolute truth. And that absolute truth isn't something we get to make up on our own. That's it right. It comes from the word of God. Totally. And he created male, female, created the union of marriage, created the concept of multiplication, that we are co-creators with him to produce children. We're to raise those children in the fear of him to do the same. He created That's them male plan. and female, not 74 other genders. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed this warning program today. I've had Reverend Dave Welch, President of the United States Pastor Council with me. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, President of World Ministries International and Eagle Saving Nations. Please go on my website, worldministries.org, worldministries.org. Join Eagle Saving Nations as we try to bring another great awakening to America and around the world. Stop the tyranny and let the Christians live in freedom. May God richly bless you. Dave, thank you for being with me today. Thank you for inviting me. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.